Welcome back to another episode of Best Bets with Kate and Betsy. I'm Kate. And I'm Betsy. And today's special guest is Tiffany Jenkins. Tiffany Tiffany is my sister-in-law and Kate's aunt. She was born with achondroplasia, which is the most common form of dwarfism, ironically, into a really tall family. (laughs) Tiffany has a unique voice and perspective as a creator as a successful business owner and mother and a little person. And we're so excited to talk to her today about her life and how she juggles everything on her plate. So Welcome, Tiffany. Hi, guys. Yay. We are so excited. I'm excited to be I here. I try not to say excited, but we are so excited, <laughs> genuinely, to have you on the podcast. So first question we want to ask you is we want you to tell us about a contra achondroplasia a little bit and about your limb lengthening experience. So I I do have the most common form of dwarfism known as achondroplasia. Um, This means that my torso is completely average, but my legs and my arms are significantly shorter. Um, And a fun little fact on that is that you'll notice um, with a lot of little people, they have a lot of rolls around like their legs or their arms. And it's not necessarily because they're overweight. It's because they have the same amount of skin oh, as wow. average person. So it's kind of crazy. Um, that is cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I was, I was born with achondroplasia, but my parents are both average. So it was, it was like a G <laughs> it was like a gene mutation, right? It was a genetic mutation. Yes. Because my dad was over 40 when they had me. Um, and as you know, the older you get, the more prone you are to have babies with some sort of disabilities or uh, defects of some sort, which is what this was. This was a genetic mutation, or it is a mutation, but now that I have it, it's a genetic mutation. So meaning that it's that you can pass it down to your family. Yep. I can pass it down to my children and depending on who I marry, which I married an average height man, but, um, and so it was 50, 50 chance of each of my children getting it. But if I had married a little person, it would have been 75% chance of each child getting it. Oh, not a hundred. You not, could have totally. Not a hundred because I still have tall genes in me. Right. And most little people have tall genes in them um, because most of them actually 80%, I think is what the number is. I could be totally wrong on that, but it's a really high number. The high percentage that most of them have average height parents. Interesting. And tell us, Tiffany, just because I think it's comical, give us a little bit of background on your family's height. So what's really funny is that all I have five brothers and one sister and um, all of my brothers are at least like six foot three or above. They I would like- say six foot four is probably your shortest brother. Yeah, that's which happens to be your husband, which, right. is, my, <laughs> which is their dad. Yes, Clint is six foot four. He's the He's the runt of the crew, just yeah. kidding. Um, basically. <laughs> and then the rest of them are taller. They go up to like six, six. And I think we have a nephew that's six, seven, if I'm right. Um, yeah. And then my sister, I have a sister and she's five, eight. And then, like I said, both my parents are, my mom's five, eight. And my dad was six something. Five six. or six, six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm way off on, <laughs> on my number. <laughs> my dad's really tall. That's all I know. But how tall are you? So I am four foot eight and three quarters right now, (laughs) but when I, but my full growth was four foot three. Um, and then I had my legs lengthened in high school, which is a fun experience. Um, so, and 
my parents, they didn't care if I had my legs lengthened or not. They wanted me to make the decision. So it was there after, and it was brand new at the time. The surgery was pretty fairly new in the U.S. Um, and so we kind of talked about it here and there, and I kind of knew about it, but I wasn't interested for a long time until I got to junior high. And then I was obsessed with the fact that I couldn't reach the shelf in my locker. Oh, and really? Oh. It was so maddening. And I obsessed over this and I finally decided that I wanted to get my legs lengthened. And so we pursued that and it was a really big journey to get to the point of getting everyone's approval on it um, as far as my doctor. And my parents had to be completely convinced because they weren't going to let me do this huge procedure just because I felt like it. <laughs> they wanted to make sure it was something I would not regret later in life. So Tiffany, tell us, tell us a little bit about um, limb lengthening. It was my understanding. So maybe I should jump in here and say I married into Tiffany's family right as this was all coming into fruition. I think Tiffany was 13 when we got married. So it was my understanding that limb lengthening was maybe a procedure that was done originally to help kids who maybe had two different lengths of limbs. Is that correct? Um, I think so. Yes. That's because at that time, that was all they did. Everybody that they, that we met at the hospital that was having a leg corrected was someone who had either broken a bone playing football or something and it had fused wrong and they had to fix it and make it grow again to like be the same length as their other leg. Or it was somebody who was born with one leg shorter. So it was a, it was a corrective surgery. Okay. So this okay. is not common for little people to get their legs lengthened. Not at the time. Mm -mm. And now it's super common. Now it's still, it's fought against because people see it as a cosmetic procedure. People who aren't living it, see it as a cosmetic procedure, but they don't see it the way we see it as some of us little people who see it as a life altering, like, so if I had not had the surgery, I would have to get a special car every time I purchased a car. If I didn't have the surgery, I would have to, this is one thing that's really hard. Um, when I was younger, I would have to like, I would lay mounds of toilet paper on public toilets before I would go to the bathroom. I hated using public toilets because I would put so much toilet paper down because you have to climb up onto the toilet. That's kind of personal. But I don't I want people to understand how significant this is for a little person in their life. So whereas like an average person can just walk in and like squat and go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. We were like full on, you have to climb up on the toilet and sit down and go, or um for even now, I mean, I had my legs lengthened six inches. And so now I'm able to go in and just use it like an average person. But yeah. it's like, these are things that they deal with. Some of them can't reach the back of their head to wash their hair with shampoo. Um, mm. So they get their arms lengthened. Some people can't. I mean, there's just so many different things that you would have to like, consider that go into it. Um, because I had firsthand witness of the way you were raised before you had your limb lengthening surgery, I remember, um, and maybe this is just kind of a shout out to your parents, but I remember being kind of shocked when I first started becoming part of the family at how much preferential treatment you didn't get. I remember it was like, <laughs> Tiffany, clean out the dishwasher. And you're like hauling up and down step stools, climbing on counters to put stuff away, climbing back down, getting stuff out of the dishwasher. You know, I remember being like, this poor girl, she can't reach the shelves, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was like, yep, that's what we're doing, you know, so maybe talk a little bit about how you were raised and um, 
And I know your parents obviously were kind and loving to you, but they didn't necessarily make everything easy for you so that you didn't have to learn essential chores. Right. They did. So they really wanted me to be able to um, adapt to the world and not fit in. Fit in. I, I mean, there comes a, there is a certain level that you want your children to fit in. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Um, and they wanted me to be able to live in a normal life. Um, and so they made me do chores just like the rest of the kids. Um, they made me do all the things and find a way that was their, yeah. their thing was you're going to go out into the world and you're going to have to find a way to do this. Yeah. Um, I was so impressed with that. And I felt a little bit bad for you. <laughs> and then, well, and then, and then on the, on the flip side of it, there was definitely mom would go into my closet. She would get on her knees and she would come down to my level and look around and see what she needed to adjust so that I could have um, lower rods or they, you know, they, there were certain things that they lowered in the house for me um, so that I could reach them. And there were lower hooks and lower things like that. And yeah, always stools provided. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so awesome. But it was also before a time where it's really funny um, when you build a home or anything, they used to fight little people on this they wouldn't let them customize their home to fit them wow interesting because the world had average people and they would say if you sell your home it needs to fit the next family well that's not fair because you live in that home. yeah <laughs> right you want to fit your family too yeah it used to be like against the law to like change certain things so wow. whereas now I think they've changed things or my contractor just didn't care so <laughs> and bless his heart so going off of that, tell us a little more about your surgery, what it was like, how long it took, where you got it done. Maybe some more details about that. I We went back and forth a long time on whether I was going to have the surgery or not. And there's one cute moment where I went into my mom's bathroom and I said, I think I want to get the surgery, but I just found out that it's super expensive. And they had never talked to me about the cost. And I said, I heard that it's really, I think I had done a research project at school on it um, because I wanted to know more about it. And I found out that it was like in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and Ugh. I asked my mom about it. And she said, okay. And I said, so if I want it, you'll let me get it. And she said, yes, we will. And I said, well, how will we pay for it? And she said, well, if we have to sell the house, we'll sell the house. Oh, that's <laughs> Isn't that so cute? Because <laughs> she wanted me to just, it was something that she wanted available, but at the same time, it was my decision. She never pressured me. Um, that's good. Yeah. And then, and then when I went to see the doctor, he, I had changed my mind at this point. He, the last time he had seen me, I didn't want it. And then I went back after my first year of junior high and I did want it. And he was like, I don't know, let's give you a year to think about it. And this made me so mad. <laughs> like, if you know me, you don't say no to me. Um, <laughs> I went home and I was super mad and I had gone to live with or visit. I had visited my brother, Brett in Connecticut um, and his wife, Marcy. And I was um, talking to Marcy and I just kept telling her how much I wanted it. And Marcy has a little bit of that nudge like I do of like, we just don't accept that. And, and she said, I think you should make a list. Let's grab a pen and she said, just write down everything you could think of as to why you wanted this surgery. And so I started thinking and I, I walked around her house and I was like, you know what? Stairs are too big for my little legs. I need bigger legs. <laughs> and then I, and then it was like, 
I found out the fire um, poles in like schools or public places were too high. I couldn't reach them. If there was a fire, no one would ever get out because I couldn't pull it. Oh, I mean, just silly little things, but, but lots of things take consideration that you would never think about. Yeah. Like things that you could never even fathom. And I wanted to drive a car and I didn't want it to be a big deal. And, um, I just wanted to buy a normal car. And, and then there were things like, I wanted boys to like me and, um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) just different things. And so, and granted those things, we try not to take those into consideration, but we do. It's real. It's real life. And, um, so I wrote down all these reasons. And then after that, I decided that I was going to send them all to my doctor. And so I sent him a letter and I gave him a deadline and it was two weeks. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I will add here that you also made photocopies of that letter and mailed it to all your siblings because I still have a copy of that letter in my scrapbook because it was so cute. I had no idea that I did that. Um, <laughs> yes, I have it. Just so everybody could understand how much I wanted it, I guess. (laughs) Yes, you were, you were determined. It was impressive. I wanted everyone to know. And then after that, he didn't write back. I didn't hear from him in two weeks, bless his heart. And so I wrote another letter and it had a bunch more reasons on it. And I sent it to him. And then I was gearing up for my third letter because it was a week and a half and I hadn't heard from him. And a letter from him came in the mail and he basically said, I'm convinced. Let's do it. Oh, that's awesome. The hospital. Yeah. <laughs> so we went down and had it. Well, okay. So we were supposed to have it a year later, but then they had an opening. And so they called us one day and said, if you can be here tomorrow, we'll start the procedure. Um, and so we drove in, in a snowstorm. Salt Lake. It and you in were in Nampa. I and we know. were in Nampa right by Boise. Um, and so we, my dad took off work. Um, I just didn't realize at the time the sacrifices they made to do that. Um, but I definitely realize it now they, um, dad took off work. Mom canceled all her piano lessons and we loaded up the car and drove to Salt Lake and I was there for several weeks. Um, so when they lengthen your legs, it's a pretty intense procedure. They, um, they break your bones in half. Now, Tiffany, did you do your femur? I mean, tell us, did you do the top of your legs and the bottom of your legs at the same time, one leg at a time? How do they do this? So since it was still new, like this was the first procedure, um, Dr. Armstrong, my doctor, the greatest man I've, anyway, in the world, he, um, this was the first time he had ever done the professional come out and help him with it. So he wasn't just like messing around. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But this was the first time he had done it. Um, in Salt Lake. So that's how new it was. And we did the femurs first. And then on both legs, on both legs at the same time. And they, they break your bones, they stick a rod down the center of the bone. And then they put pins at the top and bottom of the femur with a rod um, that stretches. So every day I would stretch this rod, I would use a little screwdriver and turn it. And every day I would grow a millimeter. That's awesome. So make just for a visual, you have a rod inside the bone of your leg, but then sticking on the outside of your leg is also like a thick metal pole that is, I know this might make some people sick like Kate, but it <laughs> screwed, screwed into the bone, there is a screw coming out of your leg attached to a long pole on the outside of your body. Yeah. Yes. So there's four screws that come out of the femur um, and the wounds were open the whole seven months. You could see them as they stretched. Um, it was a little gory, super awesome for me. 
<laughs> super proud. Um, Talk about uh, what kind of clothes you'd wear when you have, you know, three or four inches of pole sticking out past the, the end of your leg, you know, on the sides. Right. So my dad is super nifty. He, uh, <laughs> he went to his dental office and he said, okay, who can sew? Because my mom was at the hospital with me. She wasn't going to be able to do anything. So she stayed with you the whole time? She stayed with me the whole time. Okay. And he went back to work and he said, who knows how to sew? And he found his little assistant, Terry. And she said, I can do something. And he's like, find some pants that are really big and slice them down the sides and attach Velcro all the way down. That's awesome. <laughs> so my dad invented Velcro pants is what we like. <laughs> Um, and so I wore these bright pink and purple pants <laughs> for seven months that Velcroed all the way down both sides, just like basketball pants, basically. Um, yeah. And then, and they just Velcroed around the rods. I can still remember the feeling if the Velcro would bump against my wound um, where the pins were. Oh, I can oh, still so remember horrible. that. It's not, I mean, it wasn't, it was hor- It It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. So, um, but little things that never go away. So we did that. And then, so I got how many inches? I got four inches on the femurs. And then we did my lowers, my junior year. So, so I did that my freshman year. And then my junior year, we did the lowers and we got two inches down there. Um, They didn't do quite as intensive of therapy back then as they do now. They didn't know as much. And so my muscles were reacting really bad because we didn't know what to do basically. And so I quit a little bit early um, because the the pain in the muscles was annoying me too much that I had to stop. So you, you could have had more inches, but they I didn't have, have enough. Of this, of yeah. Therapy. And I could actually go back now and get more if I wanted. That's what Sawyer's doctor said. But um, <laughs> I won't be doing that. So um, now, Tiffany, when you're doing this, are you able to walk? Um, a, a little bit. So, yes. Uh, but you're not skipping down the halls of high school. No, 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 no. I didn't walk at school at all. I was always in a wheelchair. Um, I, yeah, I was in a wheelchair the whole time at school, but then I would come home and I had a walker and I would walk really slow around the house. Dad had exercises for me. Um, like I said, therapy was different back then. So they let my dad be my therapist. So he would give me, I would have to walk to the laundry room and switch my laundry and then walk back as my physical therapy every day. When year did you have the surgery done? It was in 1996. We're laughing because I had to tell her the answer. (laughs) (laughs) So if any of my facts on this recording are wrong, I'm really sorry. You were literally. (laughs) However, I was, I was very drugged. She was really drugged and young. So tell us about the facility that you had the surgery done at. Because uh-huh. they do this at any hospital or how does this so work? So nowadays they have an amazing facility. I'm told back east that it's just awesome for limb lengthening. I've never been there. Um, but I had it done at what I consider the best hospital in the world. It was at Shriners in Salt Lake. And talk about the um, what, what ended up happening. Your mom said they'd sell the house to make it happen. So did they have to sell their house? <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps she knew this knowledge all along. <laughs> because Shriners in fact um is a charity hospital well I mean it's for anybody with orthopedic needs um any child and you have to I mean you have to be approved to become a patient but once you're approved they take care of you and they have 
what I imagine these incredibly amazing older retired men who have mounds of money and donate it <laughs> and take care of these children. So that, it's amazing. Yeah. So, That's so cool. So what do you think is the most common question you get about being a little person? So the most common for sure is, um, where do you get your clothes? Or like, <laughs> how do you get clothes? Or do you make your own clothes? Because I sew, obviously. Um, I do not make my own clothes at all. So the, the plus about being a little person is that our bodies are the same. Like I said earlier, our torsos are average. So everything usually fits except for in length. So I can hem a pair of pants or I don't have a pair of pants. I just chop them off and fray them. Um, yeah. Perfect. In my style since eighth grade. So, um, but that's the most common question I get is by far, um, where do you find your clothes or your shoes? And yeah. So what size shoe do you so wear? So I wear a size three. Um, Cute. yeah, but I will often be found wearing a size six because yeah, I like them. So I wear <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Or how tall am I? Which I think we already covered that. Yeah. Four foot eight. So which really isn't that yeah. like I know people who are not considered little people who are like four eight, four seven. So yeah. like you're really not that well, I did have my life like yes. <laughs> yes. True, but like at this point, that's my whole life. Like you're not so so that's true. Okay. Anyway. Yep. Okay, so Tiff, tell us a little bit about your family, not your siblings, but your children and your husband. My family. Okay. So I have I married Jason. Jason is a handsome boy from Salmon. He's a cowboy. <laughs> And he is six feet tall and we have three children. Um, Ruger is our oldest. He's 14 and he is average or beyond. Cause he's, he's quite tall. He's quite tall. <laughs> he, he just hit six foot one. Wow. Um, yeah. He's way tall, <laughs> but he takes care of us. He's, he's our good guy. And then I've got Sawyer and Remy who were both little people. They were both born with a chondroplasia and I couldn't actually tell you how tall they are currently. But they're little. Um, so Sawyer is almost the same height as you, it seems he like. He is. So Sawyer, oh, actually, that's what he is. He's four foot, like, two and a half. So he's the height that I was okay. before I had my surgery right okay. now. And how old is Sawyer now? Sawyer is 13. Yeah. And how old is Remy? And Remy is nine. Okay. She's firecracker. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> So what does it look like at your house? How does that, how does this, um, what are the, some of the struggles that you, you or your kids have that other people wouldn't guess or, um, how is it raising kids that have some of these same disabilities or things you remember having and how do you help them? Um, so for the most part, everything's pretty normal around here. We, we have, so we built a home a couple years ago and we customized it to both our little and tall children. And we were really blessed to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so in our kitchen, we've got um, pull-out drawers around all the flooring. So they can pull those drawers out and climb up on them as stools. Uh, so cool. Yeah. yeah. And then, and we have those in the bathroom too. I'm trying to think of what else we did. Well, your, your sink, your oh, kitchen sink. Yeah, the faucets. So we put the faucet on the side on the kitchen sink so that all the kids could use it and all the kids could do dishes. They still complain, but they get to do it <laughs> when we yeah. put like their closet rods lower, of course, and their shelves and um, just everything like that. And then we, we drive minivans. I drive a minivan always because that is the easiest car for them to climb in and out of 
And so. yeah. And I would say coming into your house, I, Tiffany lives in Rexburg where I'm going to school. So I'm at Tiffany's house quite often, which is very fun <laughs> for me. And, but I would say coming into your house, you would never guess. Like, it's not like everything's super low. Like right. it's a totally normal house. Like, and you wouldn't even, unless they show you the drawers, like the stuff right. drawers, I wouldn't even know. Yeah. Everything's kind of discreet. I mean, like if I take you into the laundry room, you wouldn't know, like the cabinets are lower, but you wouldn't notice that until I said, look, they shortened this for me or you know, yeah, things like that. I do remember you telling how grateful you were to get a front load washer so that you wouldn't have to use tongs to get things out of the washing machine. And I thought, oh, my heart is breaking. There's things you don't think yeah. about. It, it, that was a blessing. Yes, yes. Front load washer and dryer have been the greatest thing ever. Most people put them on pedestals. We don't. Because <laughs> we can reach it. And all my kids can do laundry. It's so wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. So my second son, Sawyer, actually... He started talking a couple years ago about potentially having the surgeries. And I told him that he had to do the same thing I did. He had to make a pros and cons list. He had to really make sure it was worth it. And um, he did. And he decided he wanted it. And we went ready to get it. And his doctor said no and said, you need to go home and think about it for a year. Oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> yeah. Same thing. And, and he also said, I mean, there were other reasons that he wanted to postpone that were medical and that was fine, but he definitely said, you'll thank me in a year. Um, and, but this doctor was a lot more, he, he knows his stuff a lot now. He specialized in this. So he put his foot down and said, no, absolutely not. And then we came back a year later and we were like, okay, now we get it. And it was worth it. So good. he, yeah, he good. had gone through his first round and he will be doing his second round this summer. Yay. So, oh, so exciting. And how many inches did he gain? His from first, his first surgery, surgery, he got four and he's planning to get six over the next two procedures. Wow. Wow. Or every year. So good. He'll be four, eight at the end of this or no? At the end of it, he'll be at least five feet. Wow. He's planning to do his arms. Yeah. He is. Okay. Yeah. Because they're both smaller than you. Like they were both going to stop growing. Yeah. They're both can. And Remy's considerably smaller than I was. So they will. Yeah. They'll stop growing a little bit sooner. Okay. And you chose not to have your I chose not to because I felt like it didn't matter. Um, Going back now, I would probably do it. But more for reasons like I could shoot a really big gun easier. (laughs) Like that. Yeah. (laughs) But you don't have any issues with your... I don't have any issues. Um, I sit a little close to the steering wheel, which is concerning for my husband. But (laughs) it's fine. (laughs) Nothing's happened. I'm fine. So we're good. (laughs) We're good. That's fine. Okay, so now that we've kind of touched on that, which I think is so interesting and fun to learn about, and I just learned some things I did not know, so thanks for sharing. That's fun. We want to talk about your business. So Tiffany is a mother of three, but also a business owner of Tiny Seamstress, Um, and I'll let you kind of tell us about it. Tell us about how you started Tiny Seamstress, what it is, what it's evolved to. I feel like it's kind of different from when you started a little bit. It's a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, So Tiny Seamstress started when Ruger was a baby. I was super bored. My husband went away to the post academy, which is six weeks long in a totally different on the different side of the state. And I got bored and I had a sewing machine that I had taken a class in college because my dad made me. (laughs) And so I pulled that sewing machine out of the box and I was like, let's see if I still remember anything. (laughs) So I started, I made like a little baby hat and it was horrible. And I made some other things and they were horrible. And then my friend, we were really poor at the time. 
obviously, because, you know, you're fresh out of school and your husband's at the academy. My friend, Ronnie, my best friend in the whole world, was having her son, Gunner, at the time. And she invited me to her baby shower. And I could not afford a baby gift for her. And so I decided I was going to make her a diaper bag. That's awesome. It was. So I cut up some jeans. I went and I bought a fat quarter. If you sew, you know that a fat quarter is a very small square of fabric. And I was going to incorporate that into the bag. And I did. And it is a not a pretty bag, but she has kept it all the time. <laughs> she used it all through her oh. pregnancy. And it was made out of old jeans. And it's just so. And that was when I started to find a passion for bags. And my mom has always been a handbag lover. If you know my mom and you've ever seen her closet, you know that it's 90% handbags. <laughs> Um, I guess I just inherited that from her. So I started making bags and I worked really hard. I didn't sell them for a while. And then I blogs came along and Betsy introduced me to a blog. And yeah, you like, you see this. They're so fun. And so I got and started a blog and then I started putting my purses on the side. And then I think it was your sister-in-law, Katie, that bought the first one. Wow. I don't know. From your family that bought the first glam bag and so and then it just went from there um since then we've made all sorts of purses and bags and now we make pouches vintage pouches and still purses um so you design all of these yourself and do you make all of them yourself or do you want to talk about so i've gone i've made probably 90 percent of them myself i had a seamstress for a while she was really great um and that was before sawyer had his first surgery And she worked really hard for me. She was awesome. And then I had another seamstress for a short time. And then I have manufacturers. They have worked for me in the past. Currently, I'm just doing it on my own, though, because my children keep me really busy. (laughs) You are a full-time mom. I didn't know that teenagers had such lives. (laughs) That's where we're at right now with that little business. But it's been lots of fun. And it's grown. We've gone to quilt markets and queen bee markets and all different sorts of things. So yes. And I'll also put a plug in because I love you so much that you also have designed many quilts and you got into quilting for a while. And also some of your bag patterns have been picked up by McCall's Pattern Company and they're actually in pattern books they are. at fabric yes, stores. That's true. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> that was that's, kind of a big deal. Probably my best moment in sewing. Um, McCall's, yeah. So 2010, I think I was in the top 20 of their designers. That's crazy. Actually, but then since then, (laughs) (laughs) but her pouches are so cute. So I'm just going to do another little plug of her Instagram. It's at tiny seamstress and um, you can actually click out of the app currently and keep listening while you're on Instagram. So check it out. (laughs) She has adorable pouches. I own the cute white fringy girl and oh my gosh, I carry it everywhere. (laughs) It's so cute. We actually renamed it that because Kate was like, this is. This is a fringy girl. It is. I love the fringy girl. And Kate worked for me for a little while too and still does photography. Yeah. I think that one of the things I love the most is you just have a really great eye. You have a great eye for fabric. You have a great eye for pattern. And you have a great eye at pairing things that maybe other people wouldn't pair. And I think that's what's made your bag so fun over the last, you know, 10 years um, is just seeing that growth in you. What do you most enjoy about the design process? Um, so oddly enough, this... <laughs> This stems from who I am as a person. Um, I take pride in standing out. So if people, I decided this a really long time ago, if people were going to stare at me anyway, then I was going to make 
myself worth staring at. I love it. So yeah, I awesome. would do mohawks with my hair or wear Which really you big pull off so well. I, I do love a good mohawk. <laughs> I haven't had one in a while, but I do love it. Um, I would wear big earrings. I always wear shirts with either slightly almost inappropriate, but not really things that they say or like that's not inappropriate, but like, no, like a little edgier. Like I live, I, yeah, like just a little edgy or just funny things that will catch people's attention. So I try hard to pull away from the fact that I'm short and instead say, I'm actually really fun and you should get to know me. Which <laughs> uh, <laughs> is yeah. true. So true. Um, but then I, so then when I started designing bags, I tried to put that into the bags a lot. So I would intentionally grab fabrics that just screamed at me. Um, and I would try and pair them. And I have, um, amidst like, there's been some really great pairings that have really taken off and been awesome. And there have been some really great failures where even like Ronnie has said, what were you thinking with that combination? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, I wasn't thinking, I just was giving it a shot. So that's kind of where the design and the pairing of fabrics comes from. We just do it until it works, I guess. So tell us about being a business owner and you're kind of doing this on your own. Like at the like right now you're doing this completely on your own. Um, tell us about being a business owner and running the social media and designing and sewing and selling and being a mom at the same time. How do you balance that? How does that work? Um, so you don't balance anything. (laughs) It's all up in the air all the time. Um, we, I don't know who we is. I always say we, and I guess I'm just referring to me and my multiple personalities, but (laughs) (laughs) you always have people helping you at some point. At some point people come in and help. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a little bit of help here and there. Um, and definitely you can't do it without those little angels that come into your life and help as far as like being a mom and a business owner. So we worked really hard. I've always kind of sewn in the center of the house somewhere until we built this house. I was just always kind of amidst the chaos with the kids. So they were always just running around me crazy. And I was at my sewing table sewing. (laughs) And then as they got older and then we built the house, I set aside the bonus room. But often like, and Kate can attest to this when she comes over, the sewing, the sewing machine will be at the kitchen table. Yeah. All the time. Because (laughs) I, I need to be a part of the chaos or I need to be there to answer questions for my kids. Cause I'm not going to be an absent mom at any cost. That's just not worth it to me. Um, and so I, I do that. And then when Sawyer had his surgeries and we were in Shriners, you were living in Utah, I was living in Utah and tiny seamstress kind of just took a really long pause. Um, and it just stopped. And the business struggled for those months. Well, it didn't struggle. It just didn't, it wasn't there. I still Instagrammed, but it wasn't there as far as a business. Um, but then we just picked it back up. And I guess that's the really great part about running your own business and being a mom and also Instagram these days where you can just do what you need to do. And it's just going to be there when you come back and you lose followers as you go because they don't like that you take a break, but it's fine. Like that's no big deal, you know, because yeah. the good ones are there. So it's fine. Yeah, true. The loyal ones. The loyal ones. The diehards <laughs> love that the love you. Ones. Yeah. And your Instagram has done so well. You know, it's been a great, it's that you've been able to go from blog to, you know, you've been able to evolve with social media as you've gone. And it's been great to see that you've had good growth and you have great, um, yeah. great loyal following there. 
So what do you think we can expect from Tiny Seamstress in the future? Like, what do you, I know it's hard to say, I will, you know, predict, but you're bold. You like to plan. So what kinds of things do you think um, you're, I what are you looking, looking forward, forward to? to? I So currently we're making a lot of pouches and doing a lot of little things. And this often is a sign when it, when it seems like Tiffany's gone a little too simple online. It's often a sign that something bigger is behind the scenes. Yay. He hasn't quite figured yeah, it all out fun. yet. So <laughs> my hope is that this project that I am working on works out and comes life at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. In a couple of years, but uh, we'll see what happens. So we just love you so much because you're our family and um, we think you're the very, very best. But it's been fun for this opportunity to share oh, you with thanks. other people that yes. we love. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast, Sydney. It was so fun to learn more about your surgery and your life as a little person and your kids who are so cute. Your little people kids. Also, Ruger is so cute. Not little. <laughs> very tall. Um, but thanks so much for coming and sharing and sharing about your business. Don't forget to check out her pouches at Tiny Seamstress on Instagram. And her website is right in her bio. You can just click on it. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for coming. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks, guys.